At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We welcome you in. It is yet another edition of Prime Time Action. Always a fun show, and we have you with us on a Friday night here from the South Point Sportsbook Studio in Las Vegas. I'm Ben Wilson for the second straight night. Look at our man, Adam Burke. He joins us on the desk. Oh, Adam, so much baseball to get to with you since you are our MLB senior writer at Visa.com at Skating Tripods for one Adam. Wyatt Tomchek once again filling in for the vacation in Kelly Bidlin, who went on an Instagram posting spree today. It was great to see Kelly uh, posting some lovely pictures from various locations in Montana and the Florida Keys. But I'm, I'm glad you're, uh, you're back with us today. Those are two very different places. <laughs> Those are two trip. very different places. Yes. I, I'll tell you what, as somebody who went to Montana uh, last year for the first time, gorgeous. Also as a fan of Yellowstone, gorgeous. Those two things, both. Okay. Well, Kelly, is he, when is Kelly back? Do you know why? Kelly Welcome comes why. back on uh, Monday. Kelly back on Monday. That's kind of what I thought. You know okay. what I'm curious about? I should have followed up with this on Twitter, but Kelly said he has a favorite airport bar. You and I are both travel guys, so I know we both have our favorite airport favorite spots. Favorite airport but... bar for Kelly. Yeah. Huh. Is it here? Is it a layover airport? I don't know. I'm going to go out in a limb and say Fort Lauderdale, but Ugh. oh, it's one in Vegas, apparently. Fort Lauderdale is like a bottom five airport. Uh, okay. Awful place. We start the show now with Adam Burke's anyway. Adam Burke's bottom five airport hot, rankings. Hot apparently. airport takes. On let's, let's get to, we have eight games starting this hour in Major League Baseball. We'll circle back to the two that are just underway right now because we have an early score already in Cincinnati. But as we run through the lines here, a lot of trade deadline buzz involving at least the St. Louis Cardinals. They are one of the four finalists, apparently, 
that we're seeing in the rumors for Juan Soto. They take the mound with Miles Michaelis against the Washington Nationals. And Anibal Sanchez, that game starts here in just a couple of minutes. Seeing it DraftKings right now. Cardinals minus $1.65 with the Nationals at plus 140. Total of nine with juice to the under at minus 115. Apparently all the Cardinals brass is going to be in the nation's capital this weekend doing some powwowing there, Adam, trying to figure out the best course of action. Uh, meanwhile, starting in just a couple minutes, it was a near monumental collapse for Philadelphia last night. They send Bailey Falter to the mound, the lefty against Jose Quintana of the Pirates in a couple minutes. Falter and the Phillies minus $1.25 favorites after they nearly blew an 8-0 lead last night. Hung on to an 8-7. Pirates are plus 105, total of 8 there at DK. In New York, it took a Aaron Judge 39th homer of the year. Solo walk-off last night. One of just two hits for the Yankees who win 1-0. They now send Garrett Cole to the mound as the largest favorite of the night. Minus 380 against Chris Bubich and Kansas City. The lefty takes the bump for the Royals. Royals at plus 310. 8.5 your total juiced under at minus 125. Then in Toronto, your second biggest favorite of the night. Alec Manoa and the Blue Jays minus 350 at DraftKings. Brian Garcia makes his first start of the season. Not his big league debut. He did pitch a few times for the Tigers in 21, but he gets the start tonight. Plus 290 for Detroit. Nine is the total juiced under at minus 115. Two more to get to here that'll start in about seven minutes, 10 after the hour. We'll get to the game at 720 Eastern in our next segment. But in Tampa Bay, Shane Bieber and the Guardians taking on Jeffrey Springs, the lefty for the Rays. Minus 130 now at DraftKings for Springs and the Rays. Plus 110 on the Guardians. Seven is your total there juiced under minus 120. Finally, Brandon Woodruff and the Brewers. Uh, head to Boston as uh, they will, will take on the Red Sox there, opening up a weekend series in Fenway. 7-10 Eastern is the first pitch. Minus 170 for the Brew Crew, plus 145 there on Boston. Nine total just over minus 115. This was supposed to be Brian Bayo. Adam, has there been a change there? It looks like there is. Yeah, it looks like there has been. And Brian Bayo struggled in, in his he starts, has, his appearances yes. at the major league level. I do want to mention real quick, you mentioned that Rays game. Jeffrey Springs, seeing some... Late money, right before first pitch on the Rays. I know you were part of that. I don't know, maybe you're the one who created the line move on that game. But it's interesting to see a little bit of uh, very late money there on the Rays with Shane Bieber in a pretty sizable underdog role in terms of you know what we've seen from him throughout his career. I just made a wager. I apologize because I did not let Isaiah Von Vrinkel, our manager of everything on this show downstairs, nor did I let Wyatt Tomchek know, but I did just make a bet. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of having fun with this, Adam, the right, right at the buzzer <laughs> Major League Baseball bet. I am in minus 118 on the Tampa Bay Rays and Jeffrey Springs there against Shane Bieber and the Guardians. Part of this comes off of our pre-show conversation where you reminded me that the Guardians have – what is it, four of the worst 52 batters by qualified weighted on base in their starting lineup tonight. And the, the velocity decreases for Shane Bieber have been really well documented over the past month specifically. Yeah, so minimum 140 plate appearances. Guardians, four of the 52 worst hitters by weighted on base average. 333 players have at least 140 plate appearances. So uh, not, a, not a great offensive Showing on tap, probably not a list you want to be a part of. I no. would venture to guess. I do really like Jeffrey Springs. He had spent some time on the IL right as he was in really good form. Uh, has made, I believe, this is his second appearance since uh, coming off the IL here for Springs. Uh, yes, it is the the first one. He was a little rusty against Kansas City on the road. Gave up only one earned, but scattered eight hits in four and a third innings. Had been pitching pretty solidly. 
uh, before then, and he's a guy who brings in very good numbers, sub-3 ERA on the season for Jeffrey Springs. Could be a bit of a regression guy, 326 on the expected fielding independent pitching. Uh, Adam, but more so as a guy who is very, very good with command, fewer than two walks per nine, strikes out about nine and a half per nine as well. Uh, the only thing really against him, Adam, and that's why this is the one of the spots I am actually confident in going with him in Tampa, gives up a lot of hard contact. He is, I'm seeing it stack cast at the 39% level, which is, that's not quite Logan Gilbert bad, but that's pretty bad. Again, though, when you're facing a lineup that has nearly half of it constructed of guys among the depths of Major League Baseball with weighted on base, that's, the, that's one of those times where I'm going to say, you know what, while I think there could be some regression for Springs in the second half, this is not one of those nights, and I, I do expect him to come out strong in this one. So I will back uh, the Rays. You got him at minus 118. They're going to close minus 130 here in a number of shops. Yeah, and this is also one of those scenarios, too, where, I don't know, maybe, maybe Terry Francona is incapable of looking at numbers, but you know, the Guardians do tend to be a team that sends a lot of right-handed bats out when they face left-handed pitching, and Springs, because his best pitch is a changeup, he can neutralize that platoon advantage. And in fact, when you look at his numbers here, lefties with a 303 weighted on base average, righties a 287. Lefties, their slugging percentage is 44 points higher than right handed batters because Springs has that changeup that neutralizes right handed batters. So the Guardians throwing a bunch of righties at him for tonight's game. Uh, so we'll see how that strategy works out for them. There may be like 1% of this handicap, too, that has been me sitting in, in this very chair watching the Guardians-Red Sox series the last three nights very carefully and watching just the hilarious lack of – I mean, this is for both – this is not just a Guardians thing because the Guardians were pretty successful in that series, if we're being honest. But the general uh, lack of – Confidence that any defensive players for Boston showed it kind of carried over to Cleveland. There were some really sloppy games played in that in that stretch, and the Rays return home. Uh, maybe a, a small buy low position for them in the market. They lose three or four to the Orioles, who is, have, as has been well documented, a very good team at home, nearly 10 games over 500. Guardians, in the meantime, continue this uh, road trip after splitting a four-game set there with Boston. So that'll be my one play uh, for the, the early slate tonight. Anything for you of these games about to get underway here? Yeah, I've got one going on here. It actually just started. Anibal Sanchez threw a third of an inning so far for the Nationals. I've got the over first five, five at even money here. Uh, in this game between the Cardinals and the Nationals. And the Cardinals get back Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. That's certainly good for them. Also, this Washington ballpark plays a lot different in the heat and humidity where the ball tends to carry quite a bit. So I think against Miles Michaelis tonight, a guy who pitches in a very good home park, a guy that I think is in line for some negative regression, I figure maybe this thing starts kind of fast here, but I didn't want to play the full game because the Cardinals' bullpen is rested off of yesterday's off day, which means Giovanni Gallegos and Ryan Helsley, both good to go if the Cardinals have a lead late in this one, which obviously the line would imply, given that they're about a $1.65 favorite. Right, and you and I know you've talked about this before. You've started vetting fewer and fewer first fives. You've, try, you've really tried to not get into what I would certainly agree with your assessment, what can be a lazy habit sometimes for betters, which is if you like, especially if you like a pitching matchup where you just say, oh, just bet him first five. You've written about this for us at vcin.com where you feel like the maybe the win equity long term you're giving up of just taking a, a blatant first five position and doing it over the long run might not necessarily be the best case scenario all the time. There are certainly still specific scenarios like what you just described where it does still make sense to bet a first five. Right. And I think there's something to be said, too, for at least the next couple of days about you know, starting pitchers that are throwing maybe for the second time in 16 days, something like that, they may struggle early on in their appearances where they kind of try to find it. We're seeing that tonight, actually, with Chris Bassett for the Mets, who gave up a three spot in the first inning, which might be all that Sandy Alcantara needs tonight is three runs, given how he's pitched at home. But I think there's something to be said about guys that are maybe showing some 
some signs of rust, kind of struggling a little bit early yeah. on in games. Miguel Rojas, bases clearing double in the bottom of the first there for the Marlins. 3-0 lead already into the second. And the other score, Joey Votto, ninth homer of the year. Two-run shot. Reds lead the Orioles there. Orioles do have some trouble on right now. Runners on the corners, two outs in the top of the second. Before we get into any headlines from today, Wyatt, we'll bring you in. What, what does the crew have cooking up? for the play sheet tonight there, Wyatt. Anything we got in pocket so far? Yeah, uh, a little help with Isaiah. He, he went with uh, the Marlins' uh, first five money line, so that trip, oh, uh, that uh, looks, basis looks clearing good. double oh. was good. And uh, we need a little bit more runs here in the Reds-Orioles games. It's going off to a good start here. to a good start. But, uh, yeah, we're going to play over uh, nine and a half. Isaiah was trying to get me to play the over in the Royals-Yankees game, and I just I, I wouldn't bite the bullet on that. Can we just put – can we change your graphic there to Wyatt parentheses – Heavily influenced by Jeremy slash Dakota slash Isaiah, and just could this is we, the first time I've been influenced. Well, second. Could time. we fit that all on the? I don't know if we could. That's uh, the only. That's the only issue. Uh, Dakota Kivish Martin, by the way, our outstanding technical director tonight. Uh, you could add Sean into that mix as well, Wyatt, for being influenced by Sean, our audio engineer, uh, in the house as well. So for some of the uh, the headlines, we'll just stick with baseball here since we're up against a break. But we're into that Juan Soto final weekend here. It, it appears as though at this point, based on all the rumors, and we've also seen more rumors as well. Some of the MLB insiders reporting that. The Nationals are going to try one more time, swing for one more offer for Juan Soto after, after he turned down the $440 million offer originally. Seems, though, Adam, like Padres, Mariners, Dodgers, Cardinals, those are your four. Do you have any reason to doubt that it would be, if he is traded, one of those four teams? Well, look, I mean, I, you know, when you talk about an agent like Scott Boris, he's going to do everything that he can to float as many team names as possible. I think the Rangers are kind of an interesting fit down in Texas, especially with no state tax down there. If they're able to sign him to an extension, you know, because, look, this is a team that probably needs to build from the offense out, and Juan Soto certainly helps with that. That so Adam Burke, he's he's uh, he's not convinced it could only be the four teams. There's still a lot of wheeling and dealing that could happen here between now and Tuesday when the trade deadline officially hits. We do have a lot of NFL training camp news and notes to get to as well. We'll discuss those a little bit later on in the show. Uh, lots more college football discussion with Adam Burke, one of our writers for the recently released college football betting guide, which is now out. Up next, though, we'll look at some odds to make the playoffs in the American League. That is next as we're just getting started on a Friday night right here on Primetime Action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back in. It is hour number one of primetime action on this Friday night from Las Vegas. Uh, Adam Burke alongside uh, myself, Ben Wilson, here in studio. And Adam already. It's yet another Red Sox game. Franchi Cordero with yet another uh, iffy play over there at first infield single for Willie Adamas. It is Austin Davis. I think I neglected to mention that in the first segment. He was the fill-in starter tonight. They didn't really get the whole... Pitcher cover the bag, first baseman do the pitch out in front of him thing. It, it, didn't, uh, it didn't really work out. <laughs> so yet another night, yet another case study of that happening for, uh, for Boston. Uh, meanwhile, runners in the corners already top of the first for the Guardians, so that will become a sweat for me uh, right, right out of the gates. Speaking of a couple of these American League teams, because we just talked Guardians, Red Sox, we saw that series play out, a four-game split. Let's look at some of these odds to make or miss the playoffs in the American League, Adam. Let's just kind of go in chronological order here. For the Blue Jays, who Jeff Parles kind of made a pseudo case last week for actually betting them to miss the playoffs. Now, that was before they came out absolutely guns blazing out of the All-Star break and just torched the Boston Red Sox. They're now up to minus 1,200 on the yes there. I know you've been very disappointed in, in some of their pitching when you think about the guys like Jose Barrios, Yusei Kikuchi, Hyunjin Ryu, basically all net zeros for those guys. Are you still of the belief, though, that for Toronto, there's, there's not really a seed of doubt in your mind that they will actually get in and make the tournament in some form or fashion. Are you, are you, you're not at all intrigued at all by that no price at plus 850? No, I don't think so, especially because, again, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, the Blue Jays, I think, will be very active at the trade deadline here. They'll do what they need to do to fix the bullpen. Maybe they need another bat, especially with George Springer potentially going out uh, after leaving yesterday's game. But I think of the teams in that wild card chase, uh, the Blue Jays are, are the best one. The odds certainly reflect that, minus 1,200. It's also interesting for us. So we, we host the co-host, the run line, every Sunday night, 8 to 10 Eastern here at the network. And we do a lot of these sorts of exercises, not every single week, but we've been doing it quite often. Again, it's a once-a-week show. It's amazing how these odds go. It goes so quick. And we always try to figure out, all right, when are the buy points? When are the sell points on these teams? 
Mariners, even in the middle of that 14 game winning streak, you still could have found them in the minus 150 to 170 range, Adam, even as recently as a week ago. They're not to minus 300, which at this point, if, if you're looking at where we're currently at in the overall wildcard standings, Seattle is the number two team. They're a half game up of Tampa for the third and final spot, and they're three clear at Cleveland, who currently sit two and a half out of the playoff picture right now. Despite that, and despite my belief still that they are going to do something to add at the trade deadline, despite my belief, Adam, that they are a legitimate baseball team that has not simply been on a just your run-of-the-mill heater, I still don't know that given how we followed this stuff all year, how this has now gone from a minus 150, 170 level to $3, I just can't lay a price like that, even though I feel pretty confident that they are getting it at this point. Yeah, look, I mean, I do think that Seattle has some starting pitching concerns. You know, Logan Gilbert, a guy we talked about last night, allows a lot of hard contact. He's mostly gotten away with it. Marco Gonzalez is the luckiest guy in baseball. And then Chris Flexen's a guy that I would not trust anywhere other than at home. So I do have legitimate concerns about this Seattle rotation, but the bullpen's really good. The offense looks much different with Julio Rodriguez swinging the bat that he is. Fangraphs has them 74.1% to make the playoffs. So kind of hard to argue with everything that they have going for them right now. But, you know, at the same time, it, it is one of those things where I don't think I could lay that $3 price. Part of it, too, for Seattle. Fourth easiest schedule. They get 20 games combined, Adam, between the Angels and the A's still to go. That helps. So I, you know, That helps quite a bit, especially this, because, yeah. again, you have to think about the fact that teams like the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Red Sox, they'll be playing each other. You know, so they're playing much more competent competition than what Seattle winds up with here, especially because, you know, Oakland's going to trade Frankie Montas. Sean Murphy might get moved. Ramon Laureano will get dealt. Maybe, you know, I know you talk about Lou Trevino possibly being a guy that goes. That A's team will look a lot different, and the Angels could look very different if Shohei Otani gets moved because who knows what we'll get from Mike Trout the rest of the year. So right. when you factor that in, you know, maybe the Mariners' price is, I don't want to say cheap, but you can kind of justify it. It certainly is justifiable. And this is, I was going to say, this is now the time where most of these teams are down to within their final 60 or so games, 60 to 64 for most of these teams, where you can actually now look a little more specifically at the schedule and say, okay, I get where the paths are here. After what it's worth, we'll go through all these as we do them. Toronto, 12th on the strength of schedule. They still have 11 games left against Tampa and 15 against the Orioles. Which, if you were doing the strength of schedules earlier, you might have thought, okay, well, things are going to get really easy for Toronto second half of the year just because they have Baltimore 15 times. That's not really uh, the case anymore. Um, before we continue on, also just wanted to point out really quickly, we do have one game about to start. I completely forgot to mention this. Madison Bumgarner for the Diamondbacks. Kyle Wright for the Braves. This starts in just a couple minutes. Wright in the Braves, minus 210. Bumgarner and the D-backs, plus 180 there at DraftKings. Total of nine. Anyway, I just had to do my... Yeah. Due diligence. Could, could not mention one game, Adam. Come on. Doesn't look like a great situation for Madison Bumgarner either. Against a Braves lineup that makes a ton of violent contact. They hit it. They swing very well against left-handed pitching. Also, it's hot and humid down there. Doesn't look like a great matchup for Bumgarner, but we've thought that before, and he's found a way to get by. Violent contact is how Adam Adam would describe it. Um, as for Tampa Bay, so they're at minus 185 right now. That would be your final final position there in the wild card. And like a lot of these top-end ALEs teams, as we just talked about, this is the team's second toughest strength to schedule remaining. Nine games against the Yankees, six against Houston, and 11 against Toronto. So right there, that's 26 or 63 games left against really, really tough competition. We've, we've been so complimentary in the past, Adam, of Kevin Cash, the manager, the infrastructure there, the way he gets so much out of his pitchers. Are you, are you thinking that against a really tough schedule like this, do you trust the amount of arms they have in the tank to at least get them to the finish line here 
and lay a dollar eighty-five price, which it feels a little steep. It just when you when you don't have as much breathing room, and this is a huge series against Cleveland, where you enter play two and a half up, you might be out of the out of the picture. You might be five and a half, six up by the time the series ends. Yeah, I still think Tampa Bay makes the playoffs. Now, laying a dollar eighty-five is, is an altogether different discussion. But you know, they're missing a lot of position players right now, guys that are significant starters in their everyday lineup, and also guys that are very good defensively, and they're missing them. So. You know, they will get Wander Franco back probably sometime in September. Uh, we'll see if Kevin Kiermeyer is able to come back. Manny Margot, Mike Zanino. Uh, you know, they've had a lot of guys that have missed a lot of time. They've had a lot of pitchers that have missed a lot of time as well. But I still think it, at minus 185, it's a big ask in terms of the price. Yeah. But to me, they're still going to get that last one, you know, either the fifth or the sixth seed in the AL. Oh, so why are the Angels even on this graph? I have no idea. If you I won the me- we had this we had this question the other night and it was if you won the Mega Millions what what sports related thing would you spend the money on, assuming limits do not exist in the betting markets, Adam. How much of that, however hundred million it is, would you just put on the Angels minus ten thousand no to uh, to miss the playoffs? A decent amount. I mean, that's you know, it's a relatively good return in terms of treating it like a savings account. Uh, also, <laughs> if, you, if you have the funds, a- to do Astros so. minus twenty thousand to win the West, uh, Dodgers minus ten thousand to win the West. You know, I think those are those are both probably pretty decent okay. too. We never really talk about those, but it is there are de- there's definitely a faction of the sports betting community that thinks of those types of opportunities where maybe you have a much much larger bankroll than the the common Joe, but you're thinking I just I'm in the business of making money. You're going to make money on these. It's right. just are you able to stomach and able to hold on to that and, that and type get of amount down. and get enough down? Exactly. That that is right. a, a very interesting point. It's kind of why we don't mention it all that often because we're not. I mean, that's not something I ever do, but it is an interesting angle. For some of these other bubble teams, White Sox at, yes, minus 150, which is very peculiar to me. We've had this conversation so many times. White Sox right now, three and a half back, the Guardians, Orioles, and then they're tied with the Red Sox, but those two teams are in front of them. It, it, I don't really understand, Adam, our, the betting market's belief here that potentially multiple AL Central teams are going to get in. I just, I just don't really see it. And you would be so much better off just taking a AL Central division price on Chicago, I would think, based on, again, strength of schedule, very, very, uh, very, very favorable right now. Second easiest. They, at this point, have 11 games and nine games, respectively, against the Royals and Tigers still to go. So nearly a third of their games against two absolute cellar dwellers. Uh, and they still have nine games left against Minnesota. So to me, why would, you lay, why would you lay a price on a team that has been untrustworthy all year when you can still get them at plus money to win the AL Central if you believe in them down the stretch here? Yeah, you said that in a more diplomatic way than I was going to. Oh, well, but that, that's know. exactly, which is not surprising, but that's exactly where <laughs> I was going to go. I mean, White Sox plus 120, their only path into the playoffs is to win the Central Division. That's it. They are not going to be a wild card team unless, like, Julio Rodriguez tears his ACL, half the Blue Jays lineup gets hurt, uh, the Rays get contracted and move to Montreal in the middle of the season. <laughs> yeah. the, the only way the White Sox get in is to win the Central. So there's no equity at all whatsoever. And yes, at minus 150, just bet them to win the Central Division if you think that they're going to make it because that's their way in. I asked you this a couple weeks ago. Numbers were much better then, but I'll ask it again now. Would you dare bet the White Sox both to miss the playoffs at a plus number and to win the AL Central at a plus number, thinking you're getting two plus money bets? One of those outcomes is more likely to happen. Obviously, you get middled if they make it as a wild card. If, if the number was a little better, like if I was getting plus 150 on both of those, would you make that bet and, yeah, I mean, and play look, both of them? 
I mean, getting plus 120 on both sides isn't bad if you can get enough down to make it worthwhile. You know, I mean, you're, you're basically getting 20 free cents there. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that's a that's not a bad position to take at all. Between the Guardians, Red Sox, Orioles, which of those three plus money do you, do you give a puncher's chance at that would be worth a wager right now? Well, I mean, certainly if the Red Sox do something to improve the ball club, you know, that's a team that at plus 250 to make the playoffs looks kind of interesting. But the Guardians at plus 155, well, I don't believe in this team. I don't believe in Minnesota at all either. So there's a chance that Cleveland wins the Central Division. But they're but still, again, what, 4-1 to one to win the Central? They're plus 330, 330 or more yeah. to win the Central. So why bet plus 150? Oh, I got nervous as well. The Guardians had the bases loaded. Two outs. Jeffrey Springs. Thank you, Jeffrey. He gets out of a bases loaded jam. Meanwhile, we got a situation in Miami. Um, you would have thought spotting a three-run lead for Sandy Alcantara, it's basically game over. Well, that is not the case. We'll update you on that. We'll talk some odds to make the playoffs in the National League when we return here on Primetime Action. The VEASAN College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VEASAN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash Subscribe. Do you have any idea, Adam, how excited I am to talk Conference USA and Sunbelt with you a little bit later? You know what? It's bubbling I, I, over. I can't really. I, I know it. that people kind of joke about it, and, and maybe I'm being serious. Maybe it's not the teams that people want to hear about, but you know what? To me, there's a lot more betting value in the group of five conferences because Power Fives are going to be scrutinized. You know, the books are going to pay a lot more attention to the SEC than they're going to the Sunbelt. Their betting handles are much larger. You know, a lot more public action on those different types of things. To me, I think the value is in the conferences that people don't talk about. So I'm happy to write about them and happy to talk about them on today's show. I'm glad that we have you. That is the kind of the, the reason here. My soapbox. <laughs> soapbox. Another another possible Adam soapbox topic. Uh, we just saw this Mets Marlins game go over in the second inning. It was six and a half on the pregame total. Uh, you, you had Brandon Nimmo and Starling Marte, both with RBI extra base hits, off Sandy Alcantara to tie the game at three in the top of the second. And we just saw Joey Wendell ground into a double play, but it was with runners on the corners, nobody out. So that gets a run home. And you were positing an interesting theory during the break, which is if you were to just blindly bet all these games that end up either six, which we've only seen a couple of this year, or six and a half, which we usually see whenever it is two aces of very high stature in the betting markets taking, taking the mounds against each other. If you just blindly bet those overs, what would you be up? I have no idea, but that's a really interesting thought to at least go through the exercise there. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly thought about it, especially because this was a game that was actually trending towards going down to six. Where, you know, I mean, we don't really see sixes outside of the playoffs or, you know, an April game with Scherzer and you Darvish or somebody right, like that. Right. You know, so, yeah, I mean, it's somebody hits a three run homer, you're almost halfway there, you know, and then those things can happen even to the best of pitchers. And, and Alcantara is a guy that, you know, and I kind of mentioned this when we were talking during the break 181 ERA. I mean, yeah, he's been spectacular and he's been really good at home, obviously, but, you know, 261 expected ERA, 278 FIP. It's just really, really hard to maintain a sub two ERA. You know, you're just going to have bad days every now and then, and maybe tonight's one of them for all. And Alcantara. it doesn't take much to rise that up when you were at that low of, of a point right there. Still, the rightful NL Cy Young favorite. Just 
again. Under two ERA to sustain that all season. Really, really tough ask. He's you up did, to 197 you, now. 190, wow, 197. You did get a run in Washington, so good for you. Luis Garcia, sack fly. You, what, you need five runs in the first half? five. Honestly. You've got this, one this was, in the first two. This it's was one something nothing. that I was worried about, too, with, with making the bet in this game. And this is something that can happen. There's a threat of rain in the middle innings. So it looks like these guys are kind of racing the rain. A lot of early count swings, not really waiting around. Maybe that was just part of the game plan for these two lineups. I don't know. But it does feel like they're racing the rain because the last thing these players want to do is sit there until 1 a.m. finishing a game. So they'll try to push it as quickly as they can, get it out through five innings, make it an official game. Maybe that's part of it today and, and something that I considered, but maybe didn't consider enough in the handicap. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. For as much as we, we talk about this stuff when it actually happens, I don't think I don't I never outside of Wrigley, since that's the one place you have to, I don't know that I ever look at weather forecasts for, for outdoor games. I just I just don't. It's not nearly the same thing as looking at, say, forecasts for NFL games when you're handicapping uh, or potentially college football. I just, just don't do it at all. You know why I made that, but I can tell myself I made that raise bet at him because they play in a dome. So I go. didn't have to. You made that raise bet because Shane Bieber looks awful. Well, again. that too. Well, one nothing raise in the bottom of the first. Uh, they, they just got uh, one run in already in that one up. Anthony Rizzo, 24th, solo, uh, 24th homer of the year, solo shot for the Yankees. So they lead one nothing there in the, in the bottom of the second already. Yeah, and more questionable defense too in, uh, in Cleveland. It was G-Man Choi who ends up with a RBI base hit there to put the raise on the board should have been a double play though to end the inning for Cleveland and they uh, they had a wide throw from third so uh, still one nothing there two on two out in the bottom of the first all right we just talked about American League yes no to make the playoffs Adam let's go to the National League are you fine with just saying okay Braves minus 3500 to make the playoffs Marlins 15 to 1 to make uh, or minus 3500 to miss we can just let's just ignore those two because let's be real that works that's I mean the Braves are the Braves are making the playoffs the Marlins are missing the playoffs so between the Brewers and the Padres, I, I earlier this week listed the Padres as one of my five favorite value plays to win the World Series at 22 to one. You listed the Brewers as one of your five value plays in your card at 20 to one. So again, very large price to lay. I don't know that you would actually do that at this point uh, with the Brewers now laying a 700 price Padres laying a, a 500 price. Any concerns, though, of, of either two? That, is there a, like, the better question is, is there a path where you could see either of those teams faltering down the stretch and actually putting themselves in a position to not even get into a wild card spot where they each would have a pretty healthy lead right now? Well, see, this is the opposite of the situation that we were talking about earlier in terms of, uh, you know, that AL Central race. And the NL Central, I mean, look, if you think that the Cardinals are going to win this division, they're plus 180 out there at, at DraftKings. So you could just go ahead and bet Brewers no at plus 500 because – I don't think that the wild card necessarily comes from this division. It's possible. Cardinals and Phillies tied for the final spot right now. Right. As we I speak. just, I mean, I, I guess it's possible, but you know, I mean, to me, I think, I think the Brewers are going to win this division, but if they don't, then I don't know if they will be the wild card team. I mean, I guess it kind of depends on your view of Philadelphia, but the wild card bubble is obviously not nearly as competitive in the national league as it is in the American league. Bruce three game lead right now on St. Louis. These are two of the uh, two teams with the easiest strength of schedule still remaining. Cardinals have the easiest and they face the Brewers seven times, but Cardinals get 11 games against the Cubs, nine against the pirates, eight against the reds. And this is the first of seven they have left against the national. So uh, the easiest schedule Still to go, 461 opponent winning percentage right now. Cardinals at a minus 160 price. Would you still, like if you're if you're obviously giving yourself more outs here if you want to play the Cardinals because they're in a, an absolute dogfight right now with Philadelphia who is basically a pick here. 
if you're just taking the divisional races out of it, which you can for Philadelphia since they are way, way back in the NL East, but St. Louis, as we mentioned, they're only three back of the Brewers in the NL Central. If we just ignore the races for a second, which is certainly part of why the Cardinals have a higher number than Philadelphia, which, which of those two do you give the edge to if, if, we're, if we're looking at it starting today where they are deadlocked right now? Well, based on everything that we've kind of seen in terms of the rumor mill for the trade deadline, St. Louis is going to be more aggressive than Philadelphia. I think St. Louis, because of the way that they draft and develop, you know, the, the Cardinal way with all their player development and all that, they have more assets that they can move, right? I mean, they're in this Juan Soto discussion for a reason. The Phillies would not be even if they weren't in the same division as the Nationals. So I get that's a, a scenario where the Cardinals probably can get more impact players than the Phillies can. The Phillies will probably do what they always try to do and kind of put lipstick on the pig that is their bullpen. That's pretty much what will be the extent of what they do. Maybe they get a bat, and that would make sense with Bryce Harper being out. But you know, I think that the Cardinals are a team that's probably going to do a lot more here in advance of the trade deadline. So they're a team whose stock probably rises after Tuesday. And Philadelphia also in that mix of teams that has very favorable strength of schedules remaining. Fifth easiest right now. They get 11 still against the Nationals. They get a combined 16 between the Reds, Pirates, and Cubs. Now they get nine against the Marlins, which is which is interesting because that could turn into a situation where, assuming we like we think the Marlins will have some sort of a sell-off at the deadline, that Marlins team could look a lot different in a week's time, Adam, couldn't it? Yeah, it certainly could. I mean, there's been talk maybe they make Pablo Lopez available because you know this is still a team where. I understand what the ballpark that they have. They're trying to win a lot of low-scoring games, and they have the opportunity to do that. But when you go on the road and you're facing the Mets offense or the Phillies offense or the Braves offense, you simply can't keep up. You know, you're asking so much of your starting pitchers where they can do it at home in a ballpark that suppresses power, but it's much more challenging to do it on the road. At some point, they need to prioritize finding offense, and mm -hmm. they can't do anything with a guy like Max Meyer now because he's going to have Tommy John surgery, so they can't move him. So do they try to move a Pablo Lopez in hopes that, you know, when they get Sixto Sanchez back, he looks like, you know, the prospect that he's always been? I don't know. You know, we saw them do that swap, the Jazz Chisholm and Zach Gallen swap. You know, would they do something like that with Pablo Lopez? I think that's kind of an interesting question. Marlins five out for that last wild card right now. Uh, how about the San Francisco Giants? So this is a team. This is probably the only other of the non, uh, the, the teams that are basically not at least tied for wild card or final wild card spots right now. This is really the only other team we give a puncher's chance to. Plus 310 at the moment, Adam. It, it's been a rough stretch for the Giants coming out of the break. Still a pretty tough schedule. Ten games left against the Dodgers who have completely owned them. 13th on the strength of schedule. 13th hardest so far. It seems like your money would be invested wiser elsewhere than the Giants, just based on what we've seen recently and based on the, the lack of consistency they've shown all year, which really manifested in the defense, has extended to the bullpen, and has continued on all year there with the offense. Yeah, and look, last night I was on the Cubs, and, and the Cubs didn't get there, but the Giants only hit, I think, five balls hard in that game. They only hit two hard-hit balls off of Justin Steele. All the runs they scored off of him were unearned because Patrick Wisdom just completely whiffed on a pop-up, and then it was bleeder, infield single, blooper, hit by pitch, all these things that kind of came together to score runs. The Giants' offense is just not where it was last season in any way, shape, or form. They're not playing well at all. And I, I think you have to look at this team as a seller. And if I'm them, I'm moving Carlos Rodon. Oof. Be a tough pill to swallow. It is amazing to think, though, for a team like that that we view as being a big disappointment and, and underachieving. They are sixth in runs scored, yet they are 25th in average this year. Go figure. And yet they still find themselves a game under 500 right now. 
26th in bullpen ERA, 27th in whip, despite a top five starting pitcher ERA. Been a rough slide of it out there for the San Francisco Giants. More baseball when we return. We'll update some of the scores and we get into prop watch. It'll be a fun one. Another Mariners Astros edition next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. On a summer night in Paris... American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Saw this flash across one of our myriad 
screens inside the South Point Sportsbook Studio. Adam, Jackson Holiday signs today. The, uh, the Baltimore Orioles pick becomes the highest ever uh, paid high school player out of, out, of, uh, out of high school, at least for the signing bonus. He gets an $8.19 million signing bonus. Jackson Holiday, son of the legendary uh, former Cardinal, Rocky, Matt Holiday. $8.19 million, and I know you already were feeling super old just by me mentioning Jackson Holiday, but the, the Baltimore Orioles, the top, uh, the top draft pick there for Baltimore at the top of the first round. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a hefty price there, $8.19 million. Yeah, it's a big sum of money. You know, it's funny, one of the weeks that you were out during the run line that I did it with Josh Towers, uh, we were talking about you know, the guys expected to go you know, early in the draft, and um, he mentioned that when he was in spring training with the Rockies, Josh Towers' son was hanging out with Jackson Holiday, who now that's has right. over that's $8 crazy. million dollar signing bonus. Crazy. That's, also, that's I mean, well, four- Josh's son, by the way, a college, is a pitcher now. Uh, I believe one of the Cal schools, uh, he is pitching Div- Div- Division One baseball. I have to check which school that is, but. I want to say like a Loyola Marymount or a UC Irvine or something like that. I want to say I want to say Loyola Marymount. He told me his son's really into the analytics and the numbers. So you guys would be great. Friend. You guys would be fast friends. Yeah. You and yes, Jackson Holiday number one overall. Drew Jones, Andrew Jones' son, number two overall to Arizona. It is a it is a young young world out there, obviously in uh, in the world of baseball. Carl Crawford's uh, kid went in the first yeah, round. Yeah, Carl Crawford. Right? We're we're just all getting older, which is good. I mean, it's better to be six feet above ground than six feet that under. Is, it, that is that is a very good point. We're all Justin, just getting older. Justin Crawford went seventeenth there to uh, Philadelphia. Carl Crawford's son. Uh, we've got this is not exactly two young guys pitching tonight, but we have a really really good pitching matchup in Houston once again. It's Prop Watch Mariners Astros edition as we fire it up on a Friday night. Oh, I love when it That is such a such a good, unlike the, there we go. There we go. There we go. Wyatt. Good job. That was not pre-recorded. That was actually Wyatt live. He's really learned well, taught by the best Kelly Bidlin, how to, you know, utilize his voice in different ways. I feel like I've gotten 10 times smarter with you guys these past two days. Oh, you have, you have just moved light years ahead of where you were 48 hours ago. Thank you. It's just the true. I think, I think it uh, shows that Jeff Parles is holding me back. Apparently. Uh, obviously. Yes. Uh, so we hey, start we'll with a man while he's down. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, come on. You can't. Yeah, don't don't be mean to Jeff. Feel better, <laughs> Jeff. Uh, Robbie Ray and Justin Verlander. This is the pitching matchup tonight. You see all the props on your screen here. They're each six and a half on the strikeout props. Verlander, big juice over while Ray is juiced under. Uh, Verlander, 19 and a half there on the out prop while Ray is at 17 and a half, each at four and a half on the hits allowed. Ray, two and a half and uh, two and a half on the earned runs and walks, respectively. Verlander, one and a half on both of those numbers. Man, for Verlander, and so you just talked about for Sandy Alcantara, we just had this conversation, how hard it is to maintain a sub-2 ERA and just the natural regression that is basically impossible to avoid when you're in a position like that. Verlander, 186 ERA in 18 starts, does have, again, like you would imagine, anybody. Like, we're not saying we aren't fans of Justin Verlander. We're just saying you are always going to have some amount of regression when you are pitching that well. 302 is his expected ERA, uh, 334 on the expected fielding independent pitching, Adam. In a matchup like this, though, no stranger to Seattle. Just faced them last weekend in Seattle and absolutely mowed them down. I think it was seven completely workmanlike, nearly spotless innings here. Uh, what do you expect first out of Verlander tonight before we get into Robbie Ray? Well, when you look at Verlander here, actually one of his worst starts of the season came in Seattle. He gave up six runs on 10 hits. He gave up four home runs in that start, four of his 12 home runs in that one start. But he's given up 13 of his 32 runs in two of his 18 starts. So he's given up 19 runs in his 16 other starts. So he's been really, really good. He's been really, really good at home as well. 
And, you know, look, he is facing Seattle again for the second time. I believe this is the sixth time this season that he'll face the Mariners, which is absurd. I mean, that's crazy the way. You are right. This is the sixth time. Each of the last two appearances, seven innings, one earned run allowed, a combined 21 strikeouts in those in those two outings and that's why I, th- I would imagine you're seeing that strikeout prop so high with the juice here at minus 170 just imagine facing a team six times in the first hundred ish games of the season I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy wild, yeah. but you know verlander is a guy he works deep into games and and also something i think is important to look at here with him he went nine days uh between starts july 7th to july 16th seven days in between starts from the 16th to the 23rd and still pitched well in all of them you know this is a guy that He's just very adaptable as a guy who's been around for a long period of time. So you don't worry about him, you know, in terms of kind of this weird and quirky schedule with the all-star break thrown in there and all of that. He just continues to go about his business and pitch really well, and I would expect him to pitch well again tonight. Now, I'm not going to lay the heavy vig on the over six-and-a-half strikeout prop, but I assume he'll get over that. I think there's a very good chance that he does. The one that's really intriguing to me is the hits allowed one at four-and-a-half because Verlander's a – relatively extreme fly ball guy. He's only given up 81 hits in 116 and a third innings. When he allows hard contact, it leaves the ballpark for the most part. So that's one where it's very hard to get hits off of him. It's kind of interesting to see that, uh, you know, four and a half over minus 125. That's something where I think that, you know, I, I would maybe consider taking a stab at the under at plus money. I would be very tempted to on the outs prop as well. The guy has been really, you talk about essentially the two starts where he's been hit the, the hardest that that makes up a vast majority of the runs he's given up this year. Guy has just been a machine. If you look at, if you take out the start against the white Sox when he only went three and two thirds, gave up seven runs, but only four of them were earned. Uh, if you look last nine starts, seven have gone at least seven innings here. Mm-hmm. Again, you're looking at 19 and a half on the outs prop. You're looking for him. And also too, what's interesting uh, again, that three and two thirds inning start, notwithstanding, only one other start of his of his other seventeen has he been pulled mid inning. So he's gone. It's it's either been a flat six, seven, or eight in all of his other seven uh, seventeen starts this season. So I find that interesting that you said it at nineteen and a half. That correlates to six and a third. Essentially, you'd have to get to six and two thirds there uh, to to win that uh, bet. I, I mean, if he if he comes out for the seventh, you probably figure. He gets through it. And imagine a line like that for a guy nowadays when pitchers don't work deep into games, when you have all the third time through the order, you know, considerations and all that. The idea that his line basically suggests he throws seven innings. It's like, I mean, it's a huge ask for most guys, but not for a guy like Justin Verlander. What I want to look at, though, is Robbie Ray. Horrible his last start. Awful his last start against Houston. Gave up six runs on 10 hits in that start. His previous seven starts, he gave up seven runs on just 24 hits and 46 and a third with 58 strikeouts. So this is a guy that was locked in right before the All-Star break. But he's a guy with questionable control, sometimes questionable command, comes off the extended layoff. I think he was pitching on eight days rest yep, and gets right. knocked around by Houston. Ten hits in that, uh, so in that start, three now innings. That, now that he's back on his regular turn with four days rest, I've got to think he's better. But how much better is he going to be against this lineup that just knocked him around last time? Up? By far his worst performance of, of the year. Game score of eight. Last not time great. I checked, that's not not, not very great. optimal game score of eight for one uh, Robbie Ray. So those are the pitching props. Yeah, and I'm. You've talked so much about this, and very expert. I think you know it's been it's been rightful that you've 
turned your attention to that very thing coming out of the break with all these guys on extended rest. It now becomes for the guys who you, you were looking to maybe avoid, not, not necessarily bet against, but just lay off of them, watch how they looked for a start. The guys like Ray, who looked terrible, I find myself still a little bit tepid on their second starts now because it's like, well, is that going to become a trend or was that just a one-start thing? So I would not really want anything to do with Ray's props tonight. Uh, it's really just that out prop for Verlanders, and that is, as we talked about, as high as you're ever going to see a pitcher for the most part, get lined at, I would still look to his over if uh, I could bet this. How about any of the uh, total bases props? So I will give a shout-out to Isaiah Von Vrinkel, who is the overlord of this show, and Kelly Bidlin is gone. We had the discussion last night, like, yeah, the, the hits, it doesn't really do anything for us. Total bases, though, is kind of fun to look at, and so shout-out Isaiah for creating this from hits to total bases. Now tonight, a, a quartet of guys at one and a half, Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, all one and a half total bases with the, the over there in plus money. And then we have six other options here on the screen. Yuli Gurriel, Jordan Alvarez, J.P. Crawford, Alex Bregman, Adam Frazier, Eugenio Suarez, all at a half total base uh, with the over there heavily, heavily juiced to the minus. So if you're going to look at any of those one and a halves there, again, these are all you need. You need one base hit, and it could be an extra base hit, and you cash. Uh, where would you uh, be looking on this list? Well, let me say this first. So Robbie Ray on the road in 53 innings this year, 509 ERA, 362 weighted on base average against. That's almost 100 points. It's actually 93 points higher than at home. His slugging percentage against is 136 points higher on the road than it is at home. So I'm looking immediately for guys to hit doubles and home runs. In like this any game. righty so, against uh, yeah, Ray I mean, righties, righties with a 482 slugging, 361 on the road. Lefties actually 568 slugging, 367 Woba, but that's only in 40 plate appearances. So you look for I think a guy like Jose Altuve, you know, especially because if Ray is not sharp again, Altuve may bat three times in the first five innings here. So over well. one and a half on Altuve at plus 115, I think is a pretty good play in the total basis. Yeah, and either two singles, one extra base hit. You're good with, uh, with Jose Altuve. Prop watch. Love this exercise. It's been a lot of fun with the return of prop watch here to primetime action. In hour number two, we'll come back. Wyatt Tomchek will update all the scores. And we'll talk about some of the day's headlines from the National Football League. That is next here on the show. VEASAN is here to help you learn more about sports betting. Sign up for our free daily newsletter at VEASAN.com forward slash email, and you'll get show highlights and expert insights every morning. That's VEASAN.com forward slash email. New to VEASAN, the best way to, new to VEASAN, the best way to, new to VEASAN, the best way to, new to VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.